0: The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank.
1: We just had a great episode with Jeff Turner, and it was so good. We're going to make it a two part series, so make sure you check it out.
2: When you hear the horns and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens-Ajibbalande.
1: Welcome to another exciting edition of the WCBA, powered, of course, by Evergy. First, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like us, love us, share us. We truly appreciate you checking us out in the house today. T-N-W Group E.
0: Yes, that's what's up, Don. I'm really excited. We have our friend Jeff Turner in the He's house. my friend. Well, that's true. It's Don. We'll, we'll, let, you, we'll, we'll let you claim you it. You're going let me spot. have one. Okay, all right. <laughs> Don's friend, Jeff Turner. 140 I don't know. episodes, I got one. I don't know if he'll agree with that, but we'll just, we'll let it go. Mr. Turner, how are you?
3: I am just fine. Thank you.
0: So happy to have you here.
3: Excellent. If
0: you would, you know, our listeners, everyone in this region and probably the world knows the name of Jeff Turner. But if you would, tell us who you are and what you do.
3: Well, I am a lifetime Wichita resident, mm-hmm. except for a couple of times, once for school and once for work for a couple of years. I am a grandfather Father and a grandfather, and How I spend as much time as I can with my grandkids Aww. and my kids. I worked most my entire almost my entire career in the aviation industry, worked for Boeing. Yeah. And I had the wonderful privilege of leading the transition to spirit aerosystems.
1: How many grandkids? Six. Yeah.
3: So, yeah, they go from one is almost seventeen, and the other one is four months old. So, wow! On each end. So, oh, do Test. they call
0: you granddad, grandpa, yeah. papa. Or papa, papa, oh.
3: or or the older ones now that like to call me Gramps? Yeah. Oh, nice. because yeah. they think They're it irritates cool. me. <laughs> that, so yeah, that it irritates me. <laughs> so I act like it irritates me, and it just <laughs> I don't care what they. Do. I don't care.
0: <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That is cool. So from the aviation industry, you know, leading and spearheading a company in the transition to Spirit, which thank you for that work. Um, so now you do something a little different with TNW Group.
3: I do. The T is for Turner, the N is for Nichols, and the W is for Williams. You know, we spent a lot of money getting that branded. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it's my son, Bryce, and I, and then Lynn Nichols and his, his son, Andrew. Cool. And his son-in-law, Zach, and then Mike Williams, who Mike Williams and I worked for years together at Boeing and then Spirit. And so the group makes investments and tries to support some small startup businesses in, in Wichita. Yeah. And then I do quite a bit of work with startup businesses just on my own.
0: Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. So, you know, you you, you left from a very large company, right? Yeah. Now you have decided that we need to invest in small business. Why?
3: Well, before I left Spirit, I was involved in the Greater Wichita Partnership, mm-hmm. Uh Charlie Chandler and I were co-chairs of that back when it was getting started and and there were multiple areas that we thought were important to economic development for Wichita and one of them one of them was to to create an entrepreneurial environment and not not to create one but to but to foster one there, there was there's always an entrepreneurial environment but we thought we could do a better job in the community supporting that kind of environment and that kind of got me sucked into and interested in helping helping people if I could with with start businesses. Yeah. It's, it's a challenge. What is it? There's there's statistics that say, you know, ninety percent of startup businesses close within within ten years. Yep. And and so you, you know we had a thing around here for a while. May still be here called startup grind. Mm-hmm. Because startup is a grind. Yeah. So I, I just kind of got hooked on that. I, I thought about, you know, what would I do? Would I work with nonprofits? Would I, you know, teach? Would I? What would I do? But I, I love business and I love people. I love the idea of somebody willing to take enough of a risk to try to start a business. So, I thought, right. you know what? I'm a lot awful lot of people helped me through the years. And it's just maybe one of my ways to give back.
0: I love that because that is so important to you know the ecosystem. You have to have small business and startups right. in order for it to become a big business, <laughs> right? I mean that's no businesses Normally.
3: start big <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: So when you talk about that, at what point do you do you i guess advise you because you i I presume you advise counsel, coach, and invest. That's all a part of the strategy of this group.
3: All right. Try to, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: When would someone, when do you help them? Is it at the very beginning when it's just an idea or a concept, or is it after? What what period?
3: Really, at any time, Ebony, I tell people my advice is free, and it's worth every penny you pay for it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And I'm
3: more than willing... To dispense it. Okay. So, so really, I, oh my God. I mean, any anybody can call me, and I'll try to find time to sit down and talk to them. There are, there are some ideas that resonate with me and, and some ideas that don't, um, and, and so it's not a guarantee that I would be interested enough to invest. I've got enough going now, and I've made enough investments that I, I really need some of them to start paying back so yeah. I can— I call it so I can continue to feed my habit, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but but I talk to a lot of people over to sometimes I only talk to them once, you know, and sometimes relatively frequently. I find a lot of people, a lot of people have ideas. A lot of people have the desire to be highly successful, but not too many people really understand the grind of going from an idea to a to a thriving business uh
0: it's more than just a notion mm-hmm. oh way more
3: i i had one person come and say they one of my advice they were thinking about i think it was a franchise they were thinking about buying a franchise and starting it here in here in wichita and i asked him why why do you want to do that and this person said well I have a family, and I want to spend more time with my family. No, <laughs> no. That was that was kind of that was kind of my reaction. My a- reaction was: Look, if you have three kids, if you have three kids, and you want to spend more time with those three kids, you do not go out and and get more kids because more kids mm-hmm. take more time. And I said, your business is like. You start a business, yeah. and it's like having an infant yeah. that will not sleep. Yeah, yeah, it's twenty four seven. And if you grab some shut eye, you'll, <laughs> w- mm-hmm. you'll wake up thinking about your business, and and that's the way you got to think about a startup business is it's it's a twenty four seven kind of a thing. And if if people won't approach it that way. Then the chances of it being successful go way down, and I mean I know entrepreneurs who have just just worked their fingers to the bone for years, and that particular venture wasn't wasn't successful, because there's hundreds of things that can can get in the way. Yep.
0: Yeah,
3: uh, and, you know, not the least of which is timing. I mean, mm-hmm. if your timing's wrong,
0: timing I mean, is key. Yeah. Ooh. So those are the some of the things that you're looking at when you have these conversations, right? You're looking for drive, passion, and if they have that grind mentality.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that.
3: And even then, you can't—I <laughs> don't go into it—probably should, but I don't <laughs> go into it with the idea that this must make money.
2: Mm.
3: I go into it with the idea that I would really like for it to— and I would really like for for entrepreneurs that I work with to to see a level of success, mm-hmm. but you know frankly, one of the things is and, and some of them will be successful at some level, and some of them won't. but what what's important is, I think, the human side of it, the the learning, the acceptance, the the value of humans. So so whether you're an entrepreneur and are successful or you're an entrepreneur and your business does not succeed it doesn't detract from your value as a human being. Right. In fact, one of my favorite podcasters mm-hmm. to listen to is, a, gu- is a guy named <laughs> hey, Timothy <Waltz. laughs> Keller who was a minister in New York City. Mm-hmm. And and there was one particular podcast where he made a statement. He actually quoted a, a, a woman who was a writer for the Village Voice in New York City. And she said, in essence, the, the most miserable people she's okay. ever met are people who have made it big. Oh, wow. Mm. And she mentioned three in particular. And if I mentioned them, you would know their names. Okay. They are famous Actors and actresses. Mm-hmm. And she said, I knew them when they were nobody. Mm-hmm. And I know them when they're somebody. And they are miserable human beings to know wow. when they're somebody. Wow. And, and then related it to this idea that we, we have a deep yearning in our, in our hearts in our souls for significance and meaning. And we think, when we're entrepreneurs, that success of our business is what will fill that deep yearning. And then when someone is highly successful and the deep yearning is still there. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. They are highly miserable. And so part of the, that philosophical idea, I, I want to help a few people because I've gone through being moderately successful. And I, and I realized from experience, I had a philosophical base that said being highly successful or being moderately successful will not fulfill your deepest longings as a human being. I mean, I knew that philosophically, but I think experientially I expected yeah. business success to fill those mm-hmm. yearnings, and it doesn't. You know, it's filled by our relationship with God and others, Correct. family, kids, friends, acquaintances. So that's a big reason that I do this is because I think some of these entrepreneurs are going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And when they are, I don't want them to be miserable. Miserable, exactly. <laughs> I want, exactly. I want them to be be satisfied human beings.
0: It's time to hear a word from our sponsors, but we'll be back to hear more from Jeff Turner and TNW Group. Seeing energy differently means continually working to drive energy prices down, even as costs around us rise. At Evergy, we're relying less on fossil fuels and more on renewable resources. We're investing in programs to help you use less energy, enabling us to decrease our rates over the last four years. Reliable, sustainable, affordable energy that puts you first. That's everything to us. Evergy, the utility company. At Coke, our Wichita roots run deep. As part of this community, we strive to build strong partnerships with local organizations and create opportunities for our hometown businesses and entrepreneurs. From teaching kids STEM to supporting community resources and funding grants for local educators, we're proud to support Wichita and the amazing work happening throughout our city. Interested in learning more? See how we do it at Kochict.com. That's K-O-C-H-I-C-T dot
1: Jeff, of course, we go way back a good 20 years, but you were able to do something in Wichita that probably hasn't been done. How do, Can you just share when you took Boeing and transformed it with your team into Spirit to be a big company based here in Wichita and kept it here in Wichita. Can you just share what was going through your mind at the time and how you formulated that, you and your team?
3: Yeah. Well, the first thing is there, there was an economic downturn, pretty significant one, back 2001, September 11th, 2001, mm. when, the, when the terrorist events in New York City occurred. Demand for airplanes, which are, we had an airplane factory, demands for airplanes went to zero. Wow. The instant the first airplane hit the trade center. And the reason for that was the, the whole world, air traffic just stopped, if you remember, like for a week. Yep. Maybe not the whole world, but certainly in the United States. Correct. Everything was just frozen in place. And then it took quite a bit of time for that. It took four or five years for that to come back. <laughs> and so demand went to zero. Now we still had contracts to fulfill and things like that, but real demand went to nothing, and so it, it precipitated a a pretty steep recession, two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three and the 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 result of that was Boeing did a number of things that they were already working on, which kind of shifted their strategy, and their strategy basically was to focus on final assembly customers and major processes within their company and so there were a whole bunch of small little small boeing sites around tulsa was a little bit bigger but there there were multiple places and and it got consolidated the tulsa division was consolidated with the wichita division i was given responsibility for both we had four or five places we had a georgia plant and a couple other plants and I was told to divest those, just sell Mm-mm. them off. Divest Tulsa. And I saw some strategic planning at the Boeing company and it was like we know what to do with all these assets but we don't know what to do with Wichita. It, that that's isn't what they said. Right. But that's when I looked at it that's what it said, mm-hmm. right? If you were tiny, get rid of it. If you were customer facing, enhance it. But here was this massive plant in Wichita that was integral to every single Boeing airplane, but they didn't know what to do with it. Wow. And so I looked at that and I thought, you know what? We're going to be starved for capital. We're going to be competing with other entities that are not part of the Boeing company. We are in a very precarious strategic position as a plant. And that began the process of us thinking about, what do we do? Well, I was given the job of selling Tulsa, as I said, and Mike Williams, the W&T&W, came to me one day and he said, Jeff, we should buy, you and I should buy the Tulsa plant. And, <laughs> and I laughed. Wow. And they said, not only that, we should, we should sell Wichita. And I said, (laughs) and I said, and I quote, Mike, are you out of your mind? (laughs) But that was the genesis of the idea of spinning the Wichita division out of Boeing and becoming Spirit. It took a a number of years for everything to unfold. But by January of 2002, Mike Williams and I and, and one other guy, John Pilla, had gone to Seattle and presented the idea. Wow, of Wichita being independent from Boeing, and from that it took two or three years, and but it, but it, but it happened. But but it was in in some ways, it, it, the idea was, in Boeing, the Wichita plant was, kind of at the edge of the strategy. When we made Spirit. When we made the Boeing and Tulsa plants spirit, we were in the center of the strategy. Nice, nice, nice. So when you think about it, you want to be in the center of the strategy. You don't want to be at the edges. Correct. You want to be in the center. And so that was the thought process behind it. A lot of people helped. But part of it was I knew the plant had great equipment, but it had fabulous people. And over time, if you don't continue to invest, all that, that plant and equipment going to get old mm-hmm. and the people are going to know that you're not interested in investing in them and they're going to go other places or it's going to be hard for you to attract people because you're not in the center of the, center strategy. Of the strategy. So that's what we did and that's why. And I got to tell you a funny story one morning. So I was 54 years old when this happened. In, in Boeing, big company like Boeing, when you're 55, you're fully eligible for retirement. Now, your benefits will increase through time. But when you're 54, you are not eligible for, <laughs> for retirement. And I'm standing there in front, front of the mirror getting ready for work one morning. I looked in myself in the mirror and I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I mean, are you crazy? I mean you are you are less than a year away from full retirement <laughs> eligibility and you're going to jump off this ledge and and do something you don't you don't have any idea what you're doing <laughs> but I I look back at myself and I said you know what I you're right it personally it probably is more risk than I want to take but I think for the people for the plant, for the community, it's the right thing to do. And it tur- I mean, it turned out marvelously. It, it turned out marvelously personally. It turned out, I think, great for the city and, and for the employees. And so it I mean, it turned out to be the right thing, but it didn't have to it didn't turn have out to be. it. I mean, it might not have. Wow. Um That's that's a great that's a great story. Yes, I
1: yes. mean, to have that happen here in Wichita. So one quick question before we go to break, I mean, you see how Spirit has grown. I mean, what kind of feeling do you have that you was at the forefront of that mm-hmm. to where it is today?
3: When my son was a young kid, we used to watch two or three shows on TV, and one of them, one of our favorites to watch together, was the A Team. I don't remember. Uh, you probably don't remember. I remember the A team. The A team. But, yes. but he would always say, I love it when a plan comes together. That's
1: right. And That's right. so, what
3: spirit is and what spirit has become. And I cannot say enough about Tom Gentile's leadership. I just, and you talk about leadership through difficult times. I mean, the times I led through were a cakewalk compared to what Tom's going through with all the challenges that are out there. But, but I'm really, I'm really proud of it. I mean, I look at it and I, I'm not proud of it from the perspective that, you know, I did that, but I'm proud of it from the perspective of we did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know that about you. Yeah. And uh, the day we became spirit, I looked around the room and I said, you know, John Pilla, you're the youngest. Executive on the team, all the rest of us will be gone within ten years, and so you need to do a really good job. <laughs> of,
0: no pressure of,
3: of helping us, and you know, sure enough, over the next ten years, we all we all retired rolled out. and gone, and other people came in and and took our place, which is the nature of exactly. things. Exactly, right? but. I look at what's been done and, you know, are there things you do different? I, absolutely. There are things we would do different, but we did the best we knew how to do and Correct. it's turned out to be okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> More than okay, I tell you.
1: Excellent. Yeah, I think we need a break. Make sure you come back next week for part two.